years and years and years, and he'd come, and he'd heard the pastor preach all of his messages, and you know, all of that's all good. But then he, uh, he went to a children's church service, and they had a little simple puppet skit on how to get born again, how to get saved. And, uh, and he got saved on that little simple puppet skit. Amen? And so, uh, anyway, so y'all did a fantastic job. That was really good. Fantastic. We need to have more of those here. So get, get busy and let's have more, more of those. Amen. That's, that was really good. And plus, y'all answered something that, that I've been trying to get an answer to for, let's say I'm 48 less, 10, 38 years. I finally, I finally saw something there. You want to know what it is? I'm not going to tell you. Amen. <laughs> I want to congratulate, uh, you know, graduation season is here, and so uh, we want to congratulate C.J. George from Eureka High School. Give him a big hand. Wow. He, uh, that's where I went to high school. Wow. That's pretty good. You made it through. So did I. Isn't that wonderful? God bless you. Boy, Eureka. Now, back in the days when I went to school, if you lived in this area, you'd go to Eureka High School and you'd have to get on that bus and drive all the way out there. And, you know, I never really left Fenton much when I was a kid. And so putting me on a bus, taking me to Eureka, that was like going to China, you know. But uh, anyway, congratulations, CJ. God bless you. And then also nowadays, if you live in this area, there's Rockwood Summit. High school, and we're thankful for that. And Maddie Tranchilla has graduated, so give her a hand. So, we congratulate you on your graduations. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your word that will be a blessing to us all. We thank you that you've already blessed us with this great worship service where we've been able to enter in and worship you and this skit that that spoke volumes through its simplicity and just bless the young people for, for doing it and then bless, bless the folks today, Lord, as they hear your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Let's turn in our Bibles. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, you can raise your hands real high and our ushers will get you one. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. The scriptures will be on the screens, but there's just a blessing, I think, comes from turning in the Bible. Or you might have your Bible on your phone. That's fine. Just don't text while we're, while we're studying the Word. But... Uh, unless it's an emergency, of course. Second Corinthians 3.18. Let's turn there. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Notice, in our walk with God, we go from glory to glory, or from level to level. And this being the graduation season, you know, and kids are graduating we're going to I'm titling this message today graduation graduation and uh you know the, the definition of the word graduation or graduate means to complete a course of study and that's what these young people have done they've completed you know a course of study that lasted what 12 years you know and graduation also means to advance by stages to advance by stages and that's what they've done they've you know, first grade, second grade, and on up through 12th grade, you know, and then graduate. But, uh, you know, I, I remember when I graduated from high school, as I said a moment ago, from Eureka High School, 
And uh, in 1981, graduated. But you know what? I didn't stop there. I would have liked to. But guess what comes after high school? College, okay? So just about the time you get done with one thing, then there's another thing. And so then I went to college. And I studied mathematics, and, and that, was, that was really interesting. And, uh, and so I couldn't wait to graduate from college. So I finally graduated from college. And then guess what? Work. <laughs> Amen. As if college wasn't work enough, now you got the real world to deal with. And now you got to go to work. Is that right? And so you graduate from high school to college and then from college to the workforce, you know. Some people go right from high school to the workforce. It just everybody's different how they do it. But we keep going from level to level. And, you know, in, in school, to go from one level to, to the next, and it's the same thing in life. It's the same thing in your Christian walk. But think about it in school. Before you could go from one grade to the next, you'd have to pass something. Does anybody know what it's called? Tests. tests. You'd have to pass tests. How many like taking tests? Have to pass. Nobody raised their hand. Okay. But in order to go from one level to the next, you had to take tests. Did anybody ever get nervous when they had to take tests? I had one guy that I gave him a test in when I was teaching at Merrimack College, and he must have went through three washcloths while he was wiping the sweat. He just, first test, he was shaking and had one lady shaking and crying. And, but I understand the feeling, you know, because tests can be pretty scary. But we need to pass the test in order to move to the next level or to graduate. Notice Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. You need to realize that in our walk with the Lord, you know, we talked about glory to glory, going from glory to glory. If you want to graduate from one level of his glory to the next, there's going to be some tests that he has for you that you're going to have to pass. Notice Deuteronomy 8 verse 2 says this, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2, You shall remember the Lord your God, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the, all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Remember when the children of Israel were in the wilderness? God was leading them those 40 years. To humble you and to what? To test you. Will God give us tests? Oh, yeah, he will. And to test you to know what was in your heart. Well, didn't God already know what was in their heart? Well, sure he did. The tests that God gives us aren't for his benefit. They're for ours. You know, I've, I've learned this, that actually when I've taken a test and I've, and I've got in on that test and, and I failed the test or I didn't do as well on a problem or two, that was a learning experience for me. And then guess what? The, 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 the next time I got the test and that problem came up, guess what? I passed it. So a test can be a learning experience. I remember when I was in Calculus 3, the teacher gave us a test. And everybody in the class, including me, failed. Can you believe that? Failed the test. And uh, so he said, he passed the test out and he said, now take these tests home. And study them. Go over what you didn't know. I'll be in my office. Come over to my office if you need help. Uh, but go over them before you come back to class tomorrow. So the day came and went. We went back to class the next day. And do you know what the teacher did? He gave us another test. And he said, we're going to forget about the one everybody failed. We're going to take it over. And he gave us 
The exact same test. Exactly the same. And guess what? Almost everybody failed again. Include me. You know what happened? We didn't go home and do what he said do. So you could take it again. Now you don't get to do that very often in college, but this I learned something out of this. So guess what he did? He said, okay, take this test, go home, I'll be in my office. Guess what happened? The next day he comes in and he gave it to us again. And then almost everybody passed it. And I passed it that time. Amen. But the Lord tests us. Now, He doesn't tempt us. The Bible says He allows us to be tempted, but not beyond what we're able. With the temptation, He makes a way to escape. So I understand that, but, but you need to realize the Lord tests us. And with God, there's no social promotions. You know what I mean by that? In other words, uh, when I was a school teacher, when I taught in the high school, I had students in my classes, math classes, and guess what? They could not read. You know, it's hard enough to pass algebra if you can read. But if you can't read, now you really got a challenge, don't you? Now, I, I'm sitting there as a, you know, a tenth, in the 10th grade, teaching a 10th grade class on algebra, and I'm wondering, what are these kids doing in my class taking algebra in the 10th grade if they can't read. Somebody passed them and they shouldn't have. That's called a social promotion. That's not good, is it? And do you know what? With God, there are no social promotions. With God, you just keep taking the test over and over again until you pass it. And if you don't pass... You don't graduate to the next level. Did you hear me? There's With God, there's been some tests that, that I've been taking for years and I still hadn't passed them. And guess what? You get take, you take them again. And there's some things that have come up and I've told my wife. Now, 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 when that comes up again, I failed it for the last 12 times. When that comes up again, I'm going to pass it. And there's been some things where I've passed them. And then you move to the next level. There's some, been some things where I, where I hadn't passed. So guess what? You get to take it again. Have you all found that to be true with the Lord? And as you walk with God, you'll learn that there are really three levels. You know, we talked about high school, college, and then the real world. Well, with God, there's really three stages or three levels where, whereby you can graduate from one to the next. And the first stage is babyhood stage, being a baby Christian. Then the next stage would be an adolescent. And then the stage after that would be adulthood, being a spiritual adult. So there's three stages. What was the first one? Babyhood. What's the next one? And what's the, what's the third one I mentioned? Adulthood. Now you need to realize it's possible... To remain a spiritual baby all of your natural life. Did you know that? I've watched this. I've seen people, they, they, they repented of their sins and they, they accepted Jesus as, as their Lord and Savior when they were maybe, you know, 15, 20 years old, whatever. 25 years old. And you see these people in their 50s, 60s, and sometimes even in their 70s, 
And they're still at the babyhood stage in their walk with the Lord. Isn't that, isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? So you see, it's possible to remain at the babyhood stage of the glory of God. Now, I don't know about you, I don't want to stay a baby Christian all my natural life, do you? How many wants to grow up and be all you can be for the Lord? But look at Hebrews 5 verse 12. I just want to show you that this is true. Look at Hebrews 5 verse 12. I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Whether you believe that or not is is irrelevant. But he's writing here to a group of Christians who have been saved for about 10 years. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Right in there, about 10 years. And and let's look at this. Hebrews 5.12 For though by this time... You ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles or the elementary principles of the oracles or of the word of God. Think of that. They've been saved for about 10 years. And he says by this time, Paul expected them, that by this time you ought to be able to teach others the word of God. But you still need someone to teach you the elementary principles of the word of God. And you have come to need what? Milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is or he or she is a babe. Do you see that it's possible to get born again or to get saved, become a Christian? And have like 10 years go by and you should have grown up and you haven't. Do you see that? And do you see that, the, that I, I can, can, there, there's some agitation here in Paul. He's frustrated because he expected them to grow up and they haven't. Now you say, well, that's just one group of people. That's the, the Hebrews, you know. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. There's another group of people in Corinth. Christians, again, study it out. They've been saved about 10 years, you know, give or take, right, about 10 years. And notice 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul writes and he says, And I, brethren, see, so he's talking to Christians when he says, Brethren, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. That, that just means I couldn't talk to you like you were adults. But as to carnal, well, what does that mean? He goes on to tell us, as to who? Babes in Christ. They've been born again 10 years. And he's saying, you know what? You know, I wanted to talk to you like an adult, but I couldn't. Because you haven't, you haven't graduated. You haven't grown up spiritually. You've been, you've been saved 10 years and you're still a baby in the things of the Lord. I had to speak to you as to carnal. That means as to babes in Christ. And then verse 2, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive the, the solid food, you know. And then he says, and even now you're still not able. Do you, can you sense some frustration in him? They should have grown up and they haven't. For, and then he says, you are still Carnal, you're still, what does that mean? You're still a baby. You haven't graduated. You haven't grown up. You're still at the babyhood stage. And then he says something, for where there's envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving as mere men? 
So at the babyhood stage, notice he compares, and you test yourself. This is kind of like a self-test. See if you've graduated. See if you've grown up any since you've gotten saved. What do we learn here? Babes in Christ are compared to mere men, are unsaved men. The only real difference between a baby in Christ and a sinner is that upon death, one's going to heaven and the other's going to hell. But other other than that, you can't tell any difference among them. Did you hear what I just said? We have a lot of Christians in the land that are right here. They've accepted Jesus. They really have trusted in him, but they've never grown up spiritually. And you, you, you can't tell the difference as you look at them. There's no difference in the way they act. The only difference is one's going to heaven when they die, the other one's going to hell. Now, I don't know about you, but when people look at me, I want them to be able to see a difference between me and the world. How about you? Amen? What else do we learn? Spiritual babies enjoy envy, strife, and division. So if you enjoy, you know, when, 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 when your neighbor gets a promotion at work and you don't, and that bothers the living daylights out of you, that's a test. If that's bothering you, guess what? You're still a baby, aren't you? If you like fussing and arguing with folks and... And being touchy and petty. You know what I mean when I say petty? You know, every little thing bothers you and you like arguing and fussing and going on. Well, you're still a baby, aren't you? Spiritually, aren't you? You know, as you study natural growth of of children into adults and you study the Bible and you see how people develop as Christians spiritually, there's a great correlation between the two. What do we know about natural babies? They typically want their way, don't they? So if you always need to have it your way as a Christian, what? What does that tell you? You're still a baby. Uh, in the natural, babies don't like to be corrected, do they? They don't like to hear that word. They don't like to hear that word, no. Well, if you don't ever like to hear, hear it when God corrects you or when God tells you no, what do we conclude? That we're a spiritual what? Baby, aren't we? Is that right? And, and uh, spiritual babies are unskilled in the Word of God. They know little to nothing about it. They've been saved for years, but they know little to nothing about the Word of God. Now, you might ask, well, Pastor, that's all good and well. How do I graduate from being a baby? How do I graduate? How do I, how do I graduate? How, do, how many of you like to graduate from being a baby and move on up? Well, 1 Peter 2.2. Let's go there and take a look. 1 Peter 2.2. If you want to leave the babyhood stage and graduate to the next one up, which is adolescence, here's what's going to have to happen. 1 Peter 2, 2 says this. You have it? You, have you found it? As newborn babes desire the what? The pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Or that you may graduate. We could say it that way. 
As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. Real loud. Now with everything in you, real loud, say desire. 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 There needs to be a desire. If you, if you want to grow out of the babyhood stage and graduate to the next one up, there's going to have to be a desire in you for the word of God. There's going to have to be a desire in you to, to come to church and hear the word of God. There's going to have to be a desire in you to read the Word of God during the week. There's going to have to be a desire. And friends, listen carefully. If you don't have that desire to learn more about the Word of God, you need to check up and see if you really got saved. Did you hear what I just said? Because if there's not a desire in you for the things of God after you get, you know, if there's not that desire there, I question whether or not you really got saved. Because if you really get saved, there's going to be a desire in you to live right. There's going to be a desire in you to, to walk right. There's going to be a desire in you to come to church. There's going to be a desire in you to get more of the Word of God. Now, if that's not there, you know, we, we, need, to, we, need, to, we need to question and wonder, self-test here, did we get saved? Or did we just have a religious experience? But if you want to grow, if you really did get saved and you want to leave that babyhood stage, you're going to have to desire the pure milk of the word that you can grow or graduate. Now, you say, well, what's the pure milk of the word? What's the pure milk of the word, pastor? Now, this might, this might throw you off because, uh, you know, you think about milk, you think about something that's real, 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 you know, real simple, simple. But I want, you, I want to show you something. Go to Hebrews 6, verse 1. Go to Hebrews 6, verse 1. And I'm going to ask them to put it on the screen in the Amplified Bible. In the Amplified Bible. Notice, I believe the Apostle Paul says here, Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage. Let's graduate from the elementary stage. Let's graduate from the baby stage. Now, if you read up right above it, the few verses above chapter 6, verse 1, he's talking about babyhood and, and all that. We read that a moment, moment ago. And, and he's talking about, you know, we need to move on in, into the, to, to, to being mature. So let's look at what is the, what is the milk of the word? What, what is it that you're supposed to be desiring so you can grow up? Well, let's read it. He says, let's go on past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, dead formalism, and of the faith by which you turn to God, with teachings about purifying, or that's talking about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters of which you should have been fully aware of when? Long, long ago, if indeed God permits, we will now proceed to advanced teaching. Now, I want, to, I want you to listen to me, because I think this will help people. And you can see, you can see why folks really aren't, aren't growing as they should. What is the milk of the word? Repentance from dead works. Faith toward God. 
the doctrine of baptisms. Three baptisms. Baptism into the body of Christ, water baptism, and being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. Then the doctrine of laying on of hands. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will what? They'll recover. The apostles would lay hands on people from time to time to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then again there's a laying on of hands to bless people. Amen. Resurrection of the dead, the rapture of the church. The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, dead in Christ shall rise first, and we here alive and remain will be changed. In a moment, twinkling of an eye, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the rapture of the church. At the, at, and then there's, that's the first resurrection. And then the second resurrection, you know, uh, is when everybody that rejected Jesus is going to be raised from the dead and stand before the great white throne. And that leads into, what was the next one after the resurrection of the dead? Eternal punishment, teaching on hell and what? Not. Now here's, I said all that to say this, there's not a whole lot of teaching of that that goes on so, so much in this land anymore. And then you wonder why we have so many people are spiritual babies. What I just shared with you is what you should be desiring to learn more about with all of your heart. Repentance from dead works as a baby now. Repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of what? Baptisms. Then what? Laying on of hands. Resurrection of the dead. Eternal judgment. Now, now I'm here today to tell you, I, I love you, I'm just trying to help everybody. This, this, is, this is to help everybody. But, but do you realize that most Christians don't, there's no way they could list all six of those. They couldn't talk to you very long about any of those. Because they've... Do you get what I'm saying? This ought to wake all of us up. All of us, if we've... If we've it, I mean, baby Christians ought to be able to just... Boom, that quick. What do, what do you got? Repentance from dead works. Faith toward God. Right? Doctrine of baptisms. Laying on of hands. Resurrection of dead, eternal judgment. Those six. You need to... I mean, those are the things as babies you should be desiring... Are you okay? You should be desiring to know more about those things. That's milk, guys. Do you realize, what do we say? Repentance from dead works, faith toward, doctrine of baptisms. How many baptisms? Three into the body of Christ, water baptism, baptism, Holy Ghost. Then what? Laying on of? Hands, is that right? Laying on, they'll lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Lay hands on people, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? Lay hands on people to bless them. Are you with me? Resurrection of the dead, rapture, first resurrection, second resurrection. Are you okay? And then, and then eternal judgment, that's talking about hell. Is that right? That's milk. Say that's milk. But you know, to most Christians, they'd say, oh my gosh, that's the meat of the word. How many of you know that's not meat, that's Milk. Now, now, that was worth coming to church just to get a hold of that right there. If you want to grow up spiritually, you've got to have a working knowledge of those things. Babies ought to have a... Baby Christians ought to have a knowledge of those things. Are you okay? So I said, well, what's the advanced stuff? Well, go on and read the rest of the book of Hebrews. And you can find out about some advanced stuff. Amen? You ought to be desiring the you ought to be desiring to learn more about these things. Can you say amen? So then once you desire what we just read there, those six their elementary principles, once you desire those and, and, and you really 
walk in the light of those things, then go to Ephesians 4 verse 11. You'll graduate to the next stage. You'll graduate to the next stage after babyhood, which is what? Adolescence. 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 Look at this. Ephesians 4.11. He himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. See, as you walk your spiritual walk, the Lord's given you some pastors and teachers. For what? To equip you for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, to a what? To a perfect man. To a mature person. See, this is talking about how we graduate. We're, we're moving on up, you see. To a perfect, mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be what? Children. Now that's talking about adolescence here now. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. What can we learn about being a, being a child, being an adolescent? Well, and test yourself. See, see if you're here in this, in this level. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Hey, there's something, something real cool going on over, over, over at that church. Well, we're going to leave the church where God told us to go and we're going to go over there. Hey, there's something real cool going on over at that church. So we're going to go over there. We're, I'm not talking about going and visiting. I'm talking about just carried about with every wind of doctrine. Adolescence. Unsteady and easily deceived. Hard to keep them in one place very long. Always need something new. See, spiritual babies know little to nothing about God's Word. But when Christians advance to adolescent stage, they know just enough about the Word of God to be dangerous. How many of you know that adolescents, a lot of times, they think they know more than what they do? Is that right? It's amazing, again and again, I see this when you get these teenagers, they think they, I'm not talking about all of them, but many of them, they think they know more than what they do, and they think mom and dad don't know very much until the teenager grows up and gets to be about 30 years old, and then they realize how smart mom and dad were. Is that right? And what you need to realize is that your mom and dad, when they were your age, they probably were just like you. (laughs) And they grew up, and you know, it's a cycle. Realize, say, it's a cycle. It's it's, it's a cycle, you know. But you see, spiritual babies know little to nothing about the Word of God. Spiritual adolescents, they know just enough about the Word of God to be dangerous. You know, adolescents think they know more than their parents, don't they? A lot of them. Same thing's true with spiritual adolescents. Questioning. Questioning with a with a like questioning everything that 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 your mom and dad says. You're questioning it, questioning it. How many of you know you ought to trust your mom and dad? Trust them. They have your best interest at heart. But a lot of times, adolescents they'll just question, just question, just question, question authority, question authority, question authority. Spiritually, it's the same way. And we could go on and on with this. Something else I've learned about adolescents a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, they, they talk a whole lot. 
I know especially when I was teaching school, that's one of the problems I, I had is, is that the, the, the junior high kids and the high school kids, especially ninth and 10th grade, they'd want to talk with their friends instead of listen to me teach. Now, can you imagine somebody wanting to talk to their friends instead of listening to me teach? Can you imagine that? But I had trouble with that. Thank God they didn't have cell phones back in the day when I taught. Because now they're not only talking, not only they're talking to their friend right next to them, but they're texting somebody in China, you know, so. You getting anything out of this? Are you or aren't you? So are you a spiritual baby or have you advanced to being a spiritual adolescent? Well, only you'll know the answer to that, you and the Lord. I guess if we watched you long enough, we could determine it. Well, let's conclude by talking about an adult, being an adult. Look at verse 15 and 16 here in Ephesians 4. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. Now, how is this person here who's grown up different from the adolescent? Well, real loud, say, in love. love. See, when you start walking in love, now we've known you've grown up. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things to him who is the head, even Christ. Amen. For whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You see, when you become a spiritual adult, you're going to be walking in love. You're going to be speaking the word of God. You're going to have a knowledge of the word of God. You're going to be speaking it. You're going to be walking it in love. I guess a main difference that I would say between a spiritual adolescent and a spiritual adult is a spiritual adolescent will hit you with the Word of God. A spiritual adult will hit you with the Word of God in love. Did you know there's a difference? How many has ever been hit with the Word of God? How many has ever been hit with the Word of God in love? There's a difference, isn't there? See, a a spiritual adolescent, they they know the Word of God, but they haven't grown up fully, and so they're going to hit you with the Word of God. But all they've done is hit you with the Word of God. But it's not in love, so it's not effective. When you grow up spiritually, they'll hit you with the Word of God, but then it's real loud, say, in love. love. It's in love. How can we know if you've grown up spiritually? You're walking in love. You enjoy unity. You, You don't like envy and strife and divisions. You're not tossed to and fro. You don't talk bad about folks. Amen. You don't talk critical about people. That's one thing I've noticed a difference between spiritual adults and spiritual adolescents is spiritual adults don't talk bad about people. They don't run folks down. Spiritual adults don't gossip. Amen. Spiritual uh, adults don't talk bad about folks. Spiritual adults, uh, they can keep a secret. How many of you like somebody that can keep a secret? 
Now, you know what I mean by keeping a secret. I don't mean that if you see somebody commit a crime that you shouldn't call the police. You should. Amen? You understand? I'm talking about if there's something going on in your life and, and, and you've been hurt in some way. or You know what I'm talking about. Somebody's hurt your feelings. I don't mean they've abused you sexually or anything like that. You know what I'm talking about? You've just been hurt. In, how many have ever been hurt in some way besides me? And you confided in somebody and then they went and blabbed their mouth and told somebody else. How many of you know that don't feel good, does it? Well, then you're dealing with that person that blabbed. They're not an adult, are they, spiritually? See, spiritual adults are steady. They're faithful. They can be counted on. They, they do their part. Amen. If they see a need, they'll do everything they can within their power to, to fill it and to help it. Amen. You okay? Look at Hebrews 5.14. Just a few more of these and then I'm done. Yeah, the, the Lord wanted me to say this, so I'll say it. Spiritual adults don't need to be entertained in church. Did you hear what I just said? Spiritual adults don't need to be entertained in church. And that just was right in my spirit right there. That's where the Lord, He wanted me to say that right there. Spiritual adults don't need to be entertained in church. Amen. You see, spiritual adults will enjoy what I'm doing here right now. What am I doing? I'm teaching the Word. Right? So you see, here's a good test right here. If, if you're just, in, and I'm not saying anybody is, but if you're just enduring this, Oh my God, I just can't wait for him to get done. I'm not, you know, what is he? Guess what? You're a, you're a spiritual baby or at best an adolescent. Yeah, but he's not telling us any jokes. He's not making us laugh. Well, I do that once in a while, but you know what? When the devil's knocking on your door with terminal cancer, my joke isn't going to, Make him go away. But what we taught you from the word of God will. Did you hear what I just said? So spiritual, see spiritual babies need, and you know it's true. In the natural, babies need to be entertained, don't they? Adolescents, they need to be entertained. Right? There's nothing wrong with, as an adult, enjoying some entertainment. But I'm talking from a spiritual standpoint. If, if, and test yourself. If, if this is just boring you silly, check up on yourself. Amen? Look at Hebrews 5.14. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, those who have grown up. By who, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So what do we learn here about a spiritual adult? They enjoy the meat of the word. So I'm not teaching you meat here today. I'm really just talking about some milk. Did you hear what I just said? I'm teaching you some milk. They enjoy the meat of the word of God. And notice what the Bible says, by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Here's something that will help you too. If you're really a spiritual adult, spiritual adult, you turn a television on and somebody's cussing on there, 
you'll repel that thing. I said, you'll repel it. I said, you'll repel it. I said you'll repel. What I mean, you'll be looking for the, the, the uh, you'll be looking for the what is that called? Remote control to turn the channel. If there's something sexually explicit that comes up on the television, a spiritual adult will repel that uh, uh, because you've spent time in the Word, you've spent time in prayer, you've walked in love, and when that thing comes up on the screen, you'll be looking for the control to click it off. Amen. Amen. How many of you know Christians oughtn't to be getting drunk? I said Christians oughtn't to be getting drunk. Is that right? I said Christians oughtn't to be getting drunk. Is that right? If you get drunk and it don't bother you, you need to check up and see if you're saved. Amen. I didn't have that in my notes. The Lord wanted me to share it right on the inside. Amen. I say Christians ought to be getting drunk. Amen. Can you hear? Can you say amen? See, some dear friends, listen to me. Something I've watched over the last uh, now. How many of you know it's not as bad as it's ever been? So things are as bad. They're worse than they've ever been. How many of you know things aren't as bad as they were in Sodom and Gomorrah? Is that right? Where God didn't He fire brimstone to place? Now, they're getting close, aren't they? How many of you know that things were pretty bad in Noah's day? He flooded the whole earth, didn't he? So things are bad, but they've been, they've been as bad or worse. But you know something I've noticed over these last 20-some-odd years, 25 years as I've been pastoring and whatnot? Something I've noticed is, is I have noticed the church becoming more and more like the world. And Christians, what do we say about, what's the difference between a baby Christian and an unsaved uh, uh, person? The only difference is one's going to, and the other's going to hell. Is that right? So, I mean, I mean look, Christians oughtn't to be getting drunk. Say amen, somebody. Christians oughtn't to be getting high, except on the word of God. Is that right? How many of you know Christians ought to be having fun? Is that right? You know, as a Christian, I've had more fun. You know, I tell you what, one of the most fun times I ever had is when that girl had that big old lump on the back of her neck and the Spirit of God had me smack that baby and curse it in the name of Jesus. And within 24 hours, it went down. Glory to God. You know what, what's fun is when you see somebody where the guy comes and says he's going to have to cut, they're going to have to cut his bladder out because uh, he's got cancer and we pray release the power of God and he's healed. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I've had more, I've had more fun up here in these prayers. I miss these healing lines. I, we need to get back and have some of them sometime. But I mean the one day there was a guy standing over here with fibromyalgia and, 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 and the Spirit of God said go over and smack. I, I, I went over and I how many was here that day? I went over and direct the Spirit of God. He smacked that guy. Glory to God. And he was healed. Glory to God. That's fun. You hadn't had fun until you walk with God. You don't got to get drunk to have fun. Walk with God. Did you hear what it just said? Now, you know what? There's a lot of churches in this land I'd get thrown out of teaching this message today, much less saying what I just said. I still believe in the healing power of God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. 
I, I still remember when we released the power of God into those prayer cloths and we set them right up here and, 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 and that one lady came up to get one for her husband because he was having back problems and she had shoulder problems and she went up and grabbed those prayer cloths and she testified the power of God just like electricity ran right up, ran right up her arm, hit her in the neck and healed her. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And that's exciting. I remember the day that I was in here and this woman came up. This doesn't happen very often. She came up. She had, she had a demon in her. And we cast the demon out. Praise God. And we laid hands. The power of God hit her. And she fell on the floor just like a sack of salt. She got up healed by the, and delivered by the power of God. Isn't that wonderful? You want to have fun? You start walking with God. You want to have fun? You don't need to go uh, Budweiser. How many know Bud's never made anybody wiser? Is that right? Now, is that right? I remember that one day that, that that lady came up. She couldn't hardly walk. She came right on us. She couldn't hardly walk. Took her about 10 minutes to get from that back chair up here. Came up here. We prayed for her. Looked nothing different after prayed. I just felt impressed with the Spirit of God. Go off that away. So she walked around, walked around. When she got back there to the sound booth, the power of God hit her. Glory to God. And she was running around the church healed by the power. Now, you hadn't had fun until you did that. Now, I didn't heal them, but I got to flow with the power of God. How many of you know he's the healer? Amen. Glory to God. And then I'll just get off on this too. Did you see this box up here? Do you see this box? What does that say? That says sin. Now, now, now you know I've had uh, scholars. They want to debate me on whether or not Christians ought to drink alcohol. Should we drink or should we not? Should we drink or should we not? Should we drink or should we not? I'm going to tell you this much. This pulpit will never advocate drinking. Amen. 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 Now, I believe that you can, if you drink a glass of wine or a glass of beer, I don't think that's going to send you to hell. Well, it got real quiet in here. I'm not going to advocate smoking. So I don't believe smoking a cigarette will send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've been there, you know. Amen. I said it'll make you smell like you've been there. But I'm not going to advocate smoking, you see. Now I said I'm not going to advocate smoking. But, you know, I'll tell you this much. I'd rather have a church full of people. See, I'm off my notes now, flowing with the Spirit of God here. I was flowing with the Spirit of God here, but now, I, I mean, this is more fun, actually, than being on the notes. But... But listen carefully. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, I'd rather have a church full, thank you. I'd rather have a church full of people that smoke like a chimney than a church full of holier than thou gossips. Did you hear what I just said? I remember this certain pastor. Whoops, I just untied my shoe. I'm going to tie my shoe. How are you doing? You doing all right? I remember this one pastor, you know. He had this, this board. He had a board, you know. And they, none, of them, none of them smoked. And they were all holier than now. And they never would get, do anything for the pastor, you know. And, and the pastor needed stuff done around the church. They never did anything except gripe and complain. But he had this one guy. It was the same guy that got saved going to that puppet show that I told you in that children's church. Now, he smoked like a factory. But he didn't gossip, he didn't backbite, and any time the pastor needed something done, that little guy was there to help him. Now, who would you rather have? Somebody that smokes a cigarette here or there? Or would you rather have a bunch of uh, gossips? Which would you rather have? I'd rather have the smoker. Can you say amen? 
than a bunch of people who've got tongues sharp enough to trim a hedge. So what about this drinking thing? They want, I got scholars. I got, I got, I got people. They want to debate me. Well, I got a lot of scriptures. You know, they'll say, well, you know, it's all right to drink as long as you don't get drunk. Well, how many of you know the Bible condemns drunkenness, doesn't it? So, can you drink a bottle of beer and still make heaven? I believe you can. Can you drink a glass of wine and still make heaven? I believe you can. Can you smoke a cigarette and still make heaven? I believe you can. But let me tell you something about sin. They gave a good illustration of it. Let me tell you something about alcohol. Let me, and I'm going to tell you, stay away from it. You know why? Because it's just like that box over there. Remember she got close to it? And the next thing is, what happened? You get close to a creek bank, next thing you know, you're liable to slide in. Now, I'll have scholars and ding-dongs that want to debate me over that, but I'm telling you as a man of God, you get around sin, you, you stay around sin, guess what? The next thing you're going to what? You're going to slide right in. I had a wino tell me one time, he'd been a wino for some, some 35 years, and he told me this. He said, you know what? It took me one day to climb into the wine bottle. It took me 35 years to climb out. Now, the Spirit of God speaking to some people here today. I tell you what, there's some people here. I know it by the Spirit of God. You're, 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 you're tampering with things. You're playing with things. You're tampering with things. You're playing with You're tampering with things. You're playing with things. And I'll tell you what, I'm just warning you by the Spirit of God. Uh, you better be watchful. Next thing you know, you're liable to slide down the bank and get addicted. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? So, so listen, you don't have to do the things of the world to have fun. Walk with God and you can have a big time. Amen? Amen. Well, let me finish this up. You need to go home. What was I talking about? We need to say walk in love. love. Right. Repel sin. Say repel sin. The Apostle Paul said he kept his body under control. That's what a spiritual adult does. Controls the tongue. That's important. You control your tongue. Amen. Uh, Moses, he grew up spiritually. He wasn't concerned about titles, what the world had to offer, you know, and all of that. He did, he chose to suffer persecution instead of enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. He kept his eyes on Jesus. Let me tell you something else that you can tell if you're a spiritual adult. You're being led by the Spirit of God. You're not being led by circumstances. And you're not being led by your friends. Amen? You're being led by, say, the Spirit of God. God. Yeah, and the Bible talks about a mature Christian is not judgmental. A mature Christian investigates things. They search things out from the Scripture with a good and a right heart till they find an answer. Amen. Sometimes it would take 30 some odd years to get the answer. Remember during that little skit, I got an answer. I've been looking for it for some 30 years. Praise God. But if you keep a good and right heart, God will get the answer through to you. Amen. Praise God. Then here's something else a spiritual adult does. Paul said, as a spiritual adult, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you. In other words, a spiritual adult doesn't care what other people think. They just care what God thinks. They're dead to criticism and dead to compliment. I said they're dead to criticism and dead to compliment. I've had people criticize me. I've had professionals criticize me. And I know this much. I'm not as bad as what they say I am. 
And I've had wonderful people, well-meaning people, they compliment me. And you know what? I'm not as good as what they say they are. Remember this. You're not as good as what they say they are, but you're not as bad as what they say they are. So keep all of it. Say, I will keep criticism and compliment at arm's length. That's what a spiritual adult does. And then go to Galatians 6, 1 and we'll close. I went about 20 minutes longer than I intended. I hope you forgive me. But you know what? I'm going to be a spiritual adult. I don't care what you think. <laughs> Galatians 6, 1. Is it okay if the Spirit of God gets a hold and we talk a little bit about having fun? Oh, you had to have fun until you walk with God. You don't, you don't need alcohol. You don't need all that. All you need is a little dip of the Spirit of God. Amen? Galatians 6, 1. How these young kids, they don't know what it is to have fun. They think having fun is getting high. They think having fun is getting drunk. They think having fun is having sex. No, you ain't had no fun till you walk with God. Amen. Did you hear me? Praise God. And the nice thing about it, you can get high on the Spirit of God and you're not hung over the next day. Amen. Praise God forevermore. How many of you know God's, I feel impressed to say this, how many of you know God's not against sex? How many of you know God wants you to have a wonderfully, bizarre, fantastic sex life? I'm going to say it in church. I don't think you're saying that in church. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about sex. Did you hear me? It's God's wedding present to a man and a woman as husband and wife. Now, you take that outside of that marriage bed and I tell you what there'll be pleasure in it but guess what it's only for a season and at the end of the day months from now weeks from now years from now the Bible says the wages of sin is what death did you hear me so listen to me God wants you to have a wonderful sex life but he's put some rules on it and it's for a what a man and a woman as a Husband and a wife. You take it outside of that, it'll be wonderfully fun, but it'll just be for a while. And at the end of the day, the Bible says it'll be like gravels in your mouth. I don't want to put gravel in my mouth, do you? So wait, 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 wait. I, I didn't have sexual relations till I was 25 years old. And guess what? I had a ring, marriage ring on my finger. Praise God. It's a wonderful blessing, but you keep it in the confines that God wants it in. Galatians 6.1, Brethren, if a man's overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, what does that mean? You who are an adult, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. What is that telling us? That's telling us that if we're in a, a spiritual adult, if somebody's overtaken in a fault, are we supposed to kick them out or are we supposed to look for a way to restore them? Stand with me if you would. Father, I thank you for your presence here today as we shared this message. And I said a lot of things here that I didn't have in my notes, but I felt impressed to say that we trust that by some means we might be able to get through to some. That they'd hear just what it is the Spirit of God is saying. That they'd hear that you are not a, 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 a staunch, stiff-shirted God but that you are a God that if we'll walk with you and stay close to you, that we'll have fun. And there'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory.
hallelujah. And that any rule that you have put on us is not to bind us up, but it's to keep us free. To walk above the affairs of this world. And to walk free from the power of the enemy, from the power of the devil. So I just trust that these words that were spoken from my notes and that came out of my heart today by the Spirit of God will, will, will be, as they're sent forth, they'll accomplish. Oh, if we just help one person, it'd be worth it all. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God that you've given me a people here at this church that don't look to be entertained, but that are interested in the power of God and the Word of God. And, sir, we just ask that you take each and every one of us as we pass the tests that you give us to the next level of glory. From glory to glory, we'll go. I know some will stay babies all of their life. They'll die and they'll go to heaven. That sure beats going to hell. But, oh, they could have walked in so much more of the fullness of God. Well, be that as it may, I just pray for the people that your hand would be upon them. You'd bless them just as far as you can. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, maybe you're here today and you've never, you've never repented, you've never turned from your old life, and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you need to do that before you leave here today. There'll be some men and women standing up here after we dismiss. And I know it went long today, but it's okay. Just once, once in a while, it's fine. Or whenever the Spirit of God wants it to go long, it's fine. We're here run by Him, not by man. Amen? Now, but I'm always respectful of your time. But listen, there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front when we dismiss. If you don't know Jesus, you need to, you need to, you need to come and ask him into your heart before you leave here today. There is a heaven above. There's a hell beneath. I don't want anybody to go to hell. But that's where you're going to go if you don't turn from your ways and ask Jesus into your heart. So if, if that's you, or maybe you're here today and you haven't been walking with him the way you should. Maybe you've been tampering with alcohol. Maybe you've been tampering with sexual things outside of the marriage bond. Maybe you've been tampering with drugs. Maybe you've been tampering with some of these things. Maybe you've been tampering with gossip. Maybe you've been tampering with backbite. Maybe, you, maybe you've had trouble lying. I don't know. But when we dismiss, if that's you, come up and ask these nice people that will be up here to pray with you. And they'll help you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, say thank you, Lord, that you take us from glory to glory. That we can graduate from one level to the next. And so we endeavor to do so. So we ask you to help us to do so. In Jesus' name. Now, greet a couple of people. If you need to come up here, do so. Otherwise, there's goodies out front. God bless you. You're dismissed.